Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, dude. The 90s call. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Hey, Dude, the 90s Called. I am Christine Taylor, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. David Lasher. The one and only. Hi, David. What's How up? You? How are you? <laughs> it's so fun that we get to see each other like this. I think we should tell the listeners, like, I know we did we did a couple things together, but obviously we're mostly doing this on Zoom. And so, so we're not seeing each other in between these moments that we're popping on here together. So this is I our know, moment we... to catch up. We went at least a decade without seeing each other. So, <laughs> and now I can't go a week without seeing you. I love it. Honestly, that's like one of my favorite parts of this whole thing. But I, I showed up an hour early at our normal time. Yes. So I did the whole show in my head and it went great. You oh, were hilarious. Thank you. Our oh, guest thank you was... so much. <laughs> I felt so I, good about it. I'm so glad. I, I, I was like, where is everybody? <laughs> um, How is your week? How's everything going? How's the family? Everything is good. The week is good. Spring break is on the horizon for yes. for my son. So I know we talked a little bit about the college stuff last week. We're going to do a couple little college visits. We're going to just chill out. Um, yeah, I feel like when when my kids are in spring break mode and they're more relaxed and happy, that makes me more relaxed and happy. 
And wait, <laughs> can I just say uh, I saw a clip of you on Drew Barrymore. And oh, David, you, thank you. You look amazing. <laughs> you were so great. I only saw like 30 seconds, though. I want to watch the whole thing. How did it go? It was so much fun. Um, I will, yeah, te- maybe tease a little that Drew and I reconnected. I mean, the the, the interview aired, but um, the reason we reconnected is because I reached out to her to come on this show, which is in the works. Obviously, right. she has a a her own show. She has her own podcast. She has a, a she is a um, an entrepreneur. She has a magazine. She has uh, a home home goods. She, she is she's wow. a very busy lady, but um, she is going to um, to make the time to come and talk to us. And we had a great wedding singer reunion, which is this is also the 25 year reunion for the wedding singer when that oh came out. God. So we had a, just a great time seeing each other. I, I've probably seen her a few times over the years um, since then. But uh, it was so much fun. And honestly, I know it was on TV and I know it was in front of an audience, but it really was like catching up with. And she's just so she just has such a, a, a zest for life. She, yes. you know, which which I think it's on a clip on our on our Instagram account here. But um She's just so fun. It's infectious. It's like you you just want to, to, you know, to keep talking for hours and hours. So um, it was a blast. But but the good news is she is going to come on here at some point soon. So um, if we have any any fans out there who have just been waiting for that Drew Barrymore episode and you're you're going to say, like, unless we get Drew Barrymore, we're, we're, we're not listening anymore. I promise you we're going to have Drew <laughs> on and we'll talk. We'll, we'll take a much deeper dive. She's so much 90s work to talk about. Um, but. Let's talk about our guest today, who is like the, I, I think, epitomizes 90s music, the vibe, Lisa Loeb, the one and only Lisa Loeb. Um, yeah, what is your I, I, memory? You know how music can bring you back exactly to where you were in your life at the time. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I was driving my daughter Chelsea last night. And I put the song on. I said, I'm interviewing this artist tomorrow and uh, just listen to this. And, um, you know, it brought me right back to right, you know, when I moved to L.A. And uh, I just felt so nostalgic for the 90s. And Chelsea was into it, man. You know, it's like the, the music holds up. Yeah, there really is just something about the um the 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 energy of that song it just sort of represents a, a, a just a very specific moment in time that any of us who who uh, you know and of course we talked to Ben and the song was a big hit on on the Reality Bite soundtrack and is a huge part of that movie like you don't think of that movie without what that soundtrack was as well right, right? And, and ethan hawk also like was uh helped bring it to ben i i can't wait to hear yes, about how that yes. that all happened yeah, I had I, I I asked Ben about it to um to remind me of what the story. It's a really good story, so I want to hear her 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 side of it too. But yeah, it really was that you know so '90s, just so having the CDs in our car and playing a song, just hitting repeat, repeat. You know, we talked to Adam Duritz about it too. It was it's the same feeling that that um that song, and she is just it. I mean, we'll, we'll wait and, and until she comes on to talk to her because we could probably like tease everything that we want to ask. Her no, I really, it, 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 it reminded me of how much I missed the nineties. You know, you listen to that song and uh, you, you know, it brings you right back and 
things are different now. It was just a more innocent time, man. You know, oh that my was... gosh, I know. And uh, yeah, well, we. It looks like she's in the waiting room, so let's bring her in and talk to her all about this fun stuff. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hello. Hi. This is oh first we of all. Great. This is so exciting. <laughs> uh, like we just spent probably ten minutes talking about what your music meant to us in the 90s and how nostalgic it is and just what an honor it is to have you on here today talking to us about it all. Thank you so much. Well, it's very exciting to be on here. Uh, Lisa, I just wanted to quickly ask you about um, you your first band. Uh, Liz, Liz and Lisa. Was that Liz Mitchell? Yes. Oh, my God. Do you know Liz Mitchell? Yes. I grew up in Scarsdale, New York, and Liz and her sister Caroline were in, I think, maybe the first musical production I did uh, of the the Music Man, and Liz played oh uh, Marion. Yes. And uh, stop. <laughs> yeah, she. I was like, I, I just remember being in awe of her. She was older than me, but Caroline, I was closer to my age, and I had a huge crush on her sister Caroline. But Liz was like, she rocked the show, and the guy who played Henry Hill was amazing, and it was like this incredible production. And I, oh I, I saw that. I thought, oh, my God, I do. I seem to remember that Liz Mitchell. Scarsdale High, Garden Road. Yeah, exactly. I know that was my freshman roommate in college. And look, we had this band. Wait, I'm running over here. I'm running over to a bookshelf. <laughs> I wonder if Liz, Liz was upset um, that she broke up I the I band. Had tape. Oh, we, I thought I tape. I have our cassette tape someplace. I was just meeting with somebody about helping me scan. I've got so many photographs college like um you know programs from being in plays tickets of concerts archive. i went to when i was you a kid you need to archive it all right archive. archival that was the word i was trying it's, to think yes, of earlier yes. archival yes. Um, but yes i need to archive it i and it's hard to to like photograph them sometimes i'll take a picture of it with my phone but then you get that shiny covering or those peel back photograph pages oh. you know that are like disintegrating Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, we, I, I was talking the show that David and I did together right at the beginning of the nineties was a show called Hey Dude, which is thus the name of yes, this podcast. Yes, yes. Um, and I was a picture take. I took tons of photographs of everything of behind the scenes and I, everything was in one of many of those albums. Yeah. And when we had our reunion back in 2014, David, I, that was when I was inspired to, find somebody to help me archive all of these photos and they helped me put together this really cool album like you know a digital album but i have all of the right. other copies anyway but they said the worst thing you can do for photos are those old photo albums with the sticky you know what we all love i to know have. we didn't know and we so yeah know. i have that and then i have archival special archival uh photo album things from the early 2000s and late 90s but even those like you can't photograph them to share well now there's this whole social media thing where pictures with friends and you know we random pictures are something that you can share with people to connect with people and and uh you know so i need to be able to easily access them plus i've got so much stuff i've got too much stuff and, we if, you, too and, much and stuff. if you're holding on to cassettes Oh, <laughs> yeah, that are I still am. hanging around. Yeah, you're really, yeah, yeah. that those, yeah. those, gosh, I miss the cassettes. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> podcast. It's like, that's a different <laughs> podcast for yeah. sure. So, what, what was uh, Liz and Lisa? Was that was your first um, band? Liz and I had a band. We were freshman roommates in college. 
Um, and we, I, I was already a songwriter and a musician and she was a singer. Um, and so we tried to put a song together for this talent show that happened the week before college started. There was this talent show and, um, we didn't end up in the talent show. I, I, I think a lot of upperclassmen were in it. We were not in it, but we started a band like right off the bat, like an acoustic duo. Sometimes we had a band. Sometimes it was just the two of us. And we were, to, we played together for like six years, a couple oh, years wow. after college. It was really time for us to do our own things. We had different ideas of, you know, like she, she was dating very seriously, dating a guy who they started a band called Ida. Um, and then she also started doing children's music a few years after that, that she's very well known in the children's music world as Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, and I like went solo or whatever with my band, which was some of the people we'd been working with okay. still doing a lot of the songs we used to do together. Cause I had written them and I was still really attached to them and had this dream of like one day when I get a major label deal, maybe I could put these songs on there. Um, so yeah, but we had this, this group that was, it was so, so great at Brown university. We had an amazing following, always packed house from the moment we played our first gig. It was just such a supportive audience. And it was also great at Brown because there's so many other professional musicians or people who became professional musicians. It was a lot of kids in college who took whatever they did very seriously. You know, like if you're an actor, I was an actor as well. You just felt like it was the real deal. You didn't feel like you were in college pretending that one day you might do it. So it was such a great way to like try to make you work at your the best top level that you could because you felt inspired and challenged by the people around you, but also very supported because there were always great fans. But a lot of actors came out of Brown. I, you probably know Ben Shankman and uh, yeah. um, well, the director, Michael Showalter. He's a writer, director. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like name dropping now, but uh, Laura Linney went to Brown and just a lot of, there. it was just like a really thriving, creative place. Maren Hinkle, uh, Maren Hinkle. That must've been a great time to be in a popular band at Brown University. Um, I mean, that must've been an amazing time for you. It was, it was really exciting. I think my parents were a little concerned. Like we sent you to college. <laughs> you're going to an Ivy League school and you're know, going I'm into like, music. Uh, I know, well. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I, I, I know I'm jumping ahead now, but because we're talking about Brown and Friends, this musical that you did during the pandemic, I'm fascinated about. And and that, that's putting us more in present day. And I know this is a 90s podcast and I know we have a lot of all things 90s to talk about. But how did that come about? And, well, and it, it is very 90s in a way because okay. I did graduate college in 1990. That's perfect. Um, Thank which you. is very 90s. And because us right in there. I know. And because of COVID, um, we were not able to go to our we, we have really, really fun big like uh alumni what is it like graduation weekend where just tons of people go at you go in and there's huge parties and you see each other and we missed our reunion so we started doing what other people had done which was zoom meetings we did a a um like an lgbtqia zoom meeting happen where people connected and then we did uh i think that led to the musical theater one of the uh one of the folks who graduated around the same time I did, Carl Belfati, connected with my friend Beth Wishney, who had graduated, who was also from Westchester, but not Scarsdale. But anyway, she, um, Beth was a year, a year ahead of me. We, they, they put together a big Zoom meeting with pages and pages and pages of musical theater people from Brown. Some of them had, had focused on that. That was their main, uh, focus. And some of us just did musical theater. 
And so we were all hanging out and our friend Brian Herrera is very organized. He's a professor and he's very organized and he had everybody go around and say like their name, what class they graduated in, their fondest memory of musical theater at Brown, and then what they're doing now and what's going on. So a lot of people were voicing their concerns. There were a lot of people who are still actors, writers, directors, musicians like me, um, people who've got, you know, obstetricians, all kinds of jobs and people. But as they went around talking, because they were so um, animated and there were moments of crying, there were moments of laughing, I thought, and, and a lot of people who were worried about COVID, like they were really having a hard time doing musical theater live or, or having their students do musical theater or figuring out how they were going to perform or, or even have a job, you know. And as they were talking, I thought, this is a musical. This, this Zoom meeting is a musical. And I said, we should do a musical, you guys. It's like a Zoom musical. And in, in full Brown University graduate uh, alumni fashion, everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's put on a show. So over about a year, we ended up putting together a musical with tons and tons of people. Over About 100 graduates participated. It was all Brown University actors, directors, editors, music writers. And we wrote a musical called Together Apart that we raised money for the Actors Fund. I think we raised close to $50,000 for the Actors Fund. Um, We were up on Broadway On Demand and also 24-hour plays and with a limited run. And it was a way for us to connect with people from different generations, from our own generation, people we may not have known as well at college, but we ended up working with. And we were writing and and learning how to produce things on over Zoom. It it was pre-recorded, so it was very well produced but it looked like they were Zoom meetings. And and the range, it, it turned out to be 10 mini musicals that was one musical because we had so many different stories to tell. And it, and it made a really huge impact, I think, on a lot of us. Some people even ended up kind of changing direction in their life because they felt like they were students again. A lot of us were very interested in doing a lot of different things. And, you know, you get on with your life and maybe have kids and your careers and you kind of forget about that that energized spark of being a college student thinking that you can do anything, you know? Before yeah, yeah. before everyone starts telling you no, which is what happens in our lives. Yeah. And to have that, the freedom and the sort of safety of, you know, that community, first of all, but yeah. the, the intimacy part of it. And where challenge. You're not, and oh my, I can't that's even imagine That's the other thing that's great. Like the these are all people who, who are really open with constructive criticism, a lot of constructive criticism or like, uh, I forget the word, it's very lofty, like uh, intellectual <laughs> word for uh, not banter, um, discourse. Oh, like, discourse. you know, like we would yes. talk about the pieces and was it really expressing what you meant for it to, to express and just taking things on all these different levels. And, and a lot of us, you know, we, we don't get into that all the time in our daily lives. So it was, it was really amazing. And, and, you know, we're, I was working with someone in Italy and in New York city and in with this, just people all over the world to write. And, and, and it gave us the tools to be able to do that. Now and you performed to, it over Zoom. It was it was pre-produced to be pre, to be shown on Zoom. Oh, okay. So it looked like Zoom meetings, but they were they were produced. So anyone around the world could log in and and see it. Yes, but it it, it was it was at a time we're trying to get it into a library, hopefully at Brown University, where it'll be archived. That word again, and people can come <laughs> see it. But we had specific contracts with all the actors because everybody was also working for free. And so there was a whole uh, thing with the unions, of course, so that we could all work together. 
Wow. It was an incredible experience. Amazing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Let's stay in that 90s of the college. And um, and so the, what was the next step for you 
after leaving Brown? Was it, I'm going to be a musician? I mean, and I also want to hear because it's sort of the famous story. I want yes. to hear your version of it. Ben retold me his version of it, of getting I want that. to hear his, I got to get a, co- a recording of his version. I got Ethan yes. Hawke's version of it a few years ago at a reunion, a, a reunion for Reality Bites. Yes. Um, I, in Tribe- I was it at him. Tribeca? Yes, yeah. exactly. And so we got Ben, uh, I mean, Ethan's story. Um, so after college, I I moved to New York City. Liz Mitchell and I were going to have a band in New York. And so we we did have a lot of contacts. We had already started playing clubs and venues in New York City. And we had a great following already and played some in LA. Like it was just a great transition. We We knew people who were already kind of interested in signing us to record deals. Like we were really excited about this, but we, we went through some changes, like I said, and I went solo, she went solo, um, which was a big deal. It took a couple of years to kind of understand what it means to sing for me to sing my own songs. Um, and to continue to play in all the music festivals that where you play to meet industry people. So I had a lot of contacts. And then amidst it all, I became friendly with Ethan Hawke through my friend, Josh Hamilton, who's an actor who oh, went to Brown. Yeah, sure. So, you know, Hammy. And so Josh introduced us to Ethan and a bunch of other guys because Ethan had been in the movie Dead Poet Society, which I loved, with a bunch of guys, uh, other actors, uh, you know, Bob yeah. Leonard, Robert Sean Leonard, and a bunch of pe- Josh Charles and a bunch of people. And then um, after that, he had been in the movie Alive with Josh Hamilton, which was about a soccer player, a bunch of soccer players yeah, on a plane story. that crashes. That's, and the one, yeah. like Ileana Douglas was like the one woman in that. But so it was like yeah. all these guys graduating from college, going to New York City, meeting like just a huge group of guy actors through Josh. So Ethan became a friend of mine and a friend of Liz's. And I ended up living across the street from Ethan in New York City. So we just like hung out. He would come to my shows. Like there was a big group of us in New York, also women, um, a lot of people who've become very, very successful in their field, but songwriters and playwrights and uh, musicians. And we we were, you know, we were supposed to be generation, was it X, where we were sort of blase. <laughs> right. Lazy, and, good for nothing. But that was not us. We were all kind of pounding the pavement, pavement, but also very artsy. And it was great that Ethan, who was probably one of the more successful of, of the group, he was just an artiste. You know, he was super into poetry and beat poetry and having a theater company and doing all this real stuff with all these other real actors, Austin Pendleton and Calista Flockhart. And I, I mean, just a lot of Pete Dinklage and John Mark Sherman and all these folks. I would write music for their shows and it was just kind of this creative group we all kind of palled around and ate brunch and stuff (laughs) and along the way um ethan was in the movie reality bites and they were shooting it already and first this is a really long version but first ethan asked me he said that in in the movie his character plays a musician and they were looking for somebody to write a song called i'm nothing because his band plays a song called I'm Nothing. So I wrote a song called I'm Nothing, but so did um, Dave Perner, you know, oh, from Soul okay. Asylum. Yep. Yeah. So did the lead uh, from Violent Femmes. A number of people <laughs> wrote the same song and they, they did not right. choose my version. But Ethan said, oh, you know, uh, give me your, give me some other music. And he specifically asked for the song Stay because he was a fan of it. And it, it, it was a song I'd play in my concerts along with a bunch of other songs. I feel like we gave him a couple of songs. It was on a cassette tape. My friend Amy Armstrong set, who is also working with Ethan's Theater Company, helping him run the company, 
I think he had like the Niagara's, which was Frank Whaley's band was on there. And maybe our friend Jesse Harris, who's a big singer songwriter who ended up writing all the huge hits with Nora Jones. But I I feel like there was a few of us on this mixtape, but maybe not. Maybe it was just me. And I just recorded my song Stay with my band because we had had a demo deal with a major label. And um, so Ethan passed the music along Mm -hmm. to Ben Stiller and to Stacey Cher. They were interested in the song, but I think they were going to go meet with the band U2. (laughs) They literally had the reels of the movie. They were going to Ireland. Their plane got canceled or something. So they came to see me play instead at the wetlands that night. And they really loved it. And so they decided to put the song in the movie. And and Ron Fair, the the guy who was the um, record company guy from RCA, decided to put it on the soundtrack, which is funny, too, because Ron Fair... My, somebody who wanted to sign me at EMI Records, his boss was Ron Fair. And he want, this guy wanted to sign me and Ron Fair was like, no. Um, and then later Ron Fair put me on the soundtrack. That's my version of the story. Is yeah, that the well, same you version you have? a lot more. I mean, I got the sort of... <laughs> well, I was there. And this is the other thing for, for Ben and for Ethan and for all these folks, you know, they've done a million things. Whatever, I don't know what their main you know, starting point is, I think of Ben, I think of his folks, um, you know, who are big fans of, I think of his own yep. show that he had, um, you know, all these things that if you're a super nerd, you know, all these things. For me, this was like the beginning of my commercial, like real commercial music. I, I had been played on the radio, some college stations, I had a nice following, but that was like the big thing that, that was the breakout thing. And because Ben is involved and because Ethan is involved in the story, people want to hear about it. So I talk about it all the time. It's like this big thing in the middle of, of all these other things for them. No, no, it's like no, a small thing that happened. Like, yeah, I got this no, girl song in a movie. I think it was such a, but, the way you know. Ben t- t- tells it, you know, cause I just remember the level of excitement that he had. And this is the way he tells it is that Ethan brought him a cassette. There were, I think there were other artists on it. Your song yeah. was the one that jumped out to him. And immediately he's like, I want this this has to be a part of the movie and it has to like, it's, it's what the movie is. It's, it's the whole vibe. And, and what he said was he and his version, and I'm sure that you, that you two story probably happened. He didn't tell me that part of it, but the, that he, Stacy yes. shared well, that all, part of all it I want I is like, you. Oh, I all know. I want is you I is like, in the movie. Yeah, no, that but, of course but, that's in the movie. It is, but, and I didn't know. Stacy's like, be, we weren't, we weren't going to put it on, or like, it felt like they weren't going to put it on, but they happened to come see me right. play. But I didn't no, know that. Stacy is associated with the movie for sure. Yeah, no, and yeah. and but he he had to um, negotiate with the record label that was putting out the soundtrack. About because he 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 really like they there was resistance and he, because Ron didn't want to sign me back see? in college either and because we we made a deal that we kept the master which is so a there, really see? big so deal that's, I love this and we weren't going to sign a record contract I don't know if they were interested in signing a contract with me but we weren't gonna it wasn't gonna be like you're on the soundtrack so you're all right. in the right. right. label. But wait, so Ben was well, ben fighting for me. Thank you, he, ben. And then what the negotiation he said, which was finally how it got onto the soundtrack, was he, the record company said, well, if we put her on the soundtrack, then you have to use this other band of ours that has a cover, a reggae band that has a cover. Oh, my god! That's gosh. also in the movie. And <laughs> Baby, I Love Your Way, which the was re- the reggae version that we were all like, exactly. well, all right. So that was that. That's his. Piece. That's hilarious that Ron probably yep. produced. And so, 
I have to have this conversation with Ben again to see like what for the, sure. I know the, the, the full story. The I love the behind again, the scenes for sure. That, by the way, yeah. he says hello. I love it. <laughs> Um, Tell him hello. I, and, my yeah. notes showing that you were the first musician to have a number one single while not signed to a label. Yes, which was, again, my attorney, Adam Ritholtz, made sure that we kept the master. So I wasn't signed to the label. I will say here's two things. One is the song was only available. It wasn't the modern era where I could have my own streaming of my own song by itself. It was it was the only way you could get the song was right. to buy the soundtrack. And eventually the single. And so the song, that was the only place you could get it. So it's so sweet. Like I would hear from the knack when um when the lead singer was alive and and the guys from Crowded House, they're like, Thank you so much for having that hit song on that record. Cause some of the songs, you know, already were out there, but this was a song that you could only get by buying the record. And I will say, even though I was not signed to RCA Records, um, I became really close friends and I still am today with the head of the the um the radio department that helped get the song. I, I think I think Tom Pullman, who's now the head of um, iHeartRadio, he and this guy named Cubby Bryant, who's a really big DJ in New York at one of the top stations, they decided to put the song on the radio in Houston. And I had, I had signed the rights for them to make it a single, but I think this radio station took a step and made it a single and started playing it. And then it caught caught on other radio stations played it and so i think that helped a lot and skip bishop who is the head of the radio department is a super great radio promoter guy and he helped move that along as well and then on top of it ethan ended up directing the video for the song which was another amazing story but what was really amazing i think i think the record company i remember having a meeting with ron fair and uh, some other folks from the record company i think they were excited to have a movie star associated with the song but what was really great was Ethan had a great idea to make us to sh have a video where there were no edits, where I was like walking right, around I singing the, the song. There's a cat, and he got a great <laughs> right? yeah, yes. There's a cat. There's a cat. Mardot, his cat was in there. Our friend Amy played the cat. <laughs> it was the cat wrangler. She threw the cat in here and then picked it up and moved it to the other place. I later played a cat wrangler in Hot Tub Time Machine <laughs> Part Two in my own stay video with oh, Craig stop. Robinson playing me. <laughs> But but I think because of all these different pieces of the story, you know, it's a great story that it was like an independent artist that Ethan directed the video, but he actually had an amazing idea and made a beautiful video. So all the pieces of the oh, puzzle. And then that was it. That changed. Was that 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 was like you said, the turning point, yeah. the commercial success, the yeah, I assume people came flooding after you. Yes, all the people who were kind of interested when I was playing all these big music festivals like South by Southwest, they would all come to me and the A&R guys were so excited, but they were kind of like junior A&R guys, mostly men, some women, um, people, guys, I'm using the word guys as people. Um, but then once the song started climbing up the charts and it, you know, of course their bosses were, became very interested and people were flying in on helicopters and there were, you know, all kinds of I, when the song was at number one, that's when I signed. That week, I signed my record wow. deal with Geffen Records. and how Records. old were you at that point? That was fun. I think 26, wow. 25, 26. Was there, was there a long tour that followed promoting it? There was a lot of touring. There had been touring before. There was touring during. There, were, there was a lot of promotional things like being in a white limousine and playing in someone's <laughs> house or other radio festivals with like Cher. It was really awesome. Um, there was a lot. And also at the same time, I was trying to make a record that came out like a year later because I also was, I'm very business minded and I wanted to make sure all my ducks were in a row and all the contracts were signed with 
all the people that I work with. And it took a lot longer than I had hoped, but we, we put the record out a year later. But how incredible that you had that mindset that you were able to, because most people would just, right? Sign, just, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's the moment you've been waiting for. There, I mean, there might've been a midpoint in between the two, but, mm-hmm. um, but yes. Uh, it, so, so we finally made that first record um, called Tales and we did put the song Stay on it because I wanted one of my own records to have the song on it. And, uh, and then I just kept making records every year or two for the last, 25 years or however many years it is 30 almost 30 years incredible and you you know i first of all you have like run the gamut um and, and now i you have a successful children's music career as well so yes. it's like you you don't stay in one genre necessarily listening to no. you even talking about you know musical theater that's its own and children's music and i wish that that you, i had a lisa loeb children's album when my kids were little. I know, right? Who did we have? Lori Berkner? Do you remember Lori? Oh, yeah, Lori. Yes, have, yes. I, I, Lori I know Berkner. Lori Berkner. Was, she's she, great. She was I know, the one. I think a lot of us, and it's good, that's a good thing about now versus the 90s. Back in the 90s, any of us in our careers, you felt like you had to stay in your lane. Because if you were an actor, if you were a musician, eh, they might not believe you or an author. As, as a musician, I was also an actor, but I was not doing any a lot of acting. Uh, I did a few, few cameos here and there, but it, it didn't look cool if you had like a, like I have an eyewear brand now. Back in the day, like you might not be taken seriously, but now things have opened up so you can do all the things you want to do. So you do see a lot of musicians playing with a lot of different genres. I do a lot of standards and classics and kids music and sort of folky like I loved Weird Al growing up and I loved Bob and Ray <laughs> and best. I loved Steve Martin and I loved Free to Be You and Me and all these oh, things were sort oh of, my you know, we're grown up and, but like, it was kind of like babysitter music. Like you didn't know some of the early Sesame Street, you didn't know, it was grown up humor. It was very it, it, Carol Burnett show, you know, all these things that really crossed the lines. Like my friends and I used to to take Bob and Ray shows and like write out write out the shows and then reenact the the skits, the radio skits, because they were very dry and funny and silly, but uh, storytelling. And so that's what children's music is to me. I do a lot of standards because that's the music I grew up listening to. That's why people make Christmas albums. Yes. It's not because they're, oh boy, here we go. you know, Christine loves Christmas albums. I love Christmas songs too. I know I need to make a very Jewish Christmas still, but um, I have oh, done holiday songs. Like you just want to explore all the things that you think of as being in that category, the huge category of music. Have you ever heard Jack Johnson's soundtrack for the Curious George movie? I've heard some of it, yes. Mm. And it's so great, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my kids were in preschool and like the montage at the end of the year was that song, Walk With Me, oh, yeah. Baby Lee. <laughs> and I was bawling. I mean, the music on that album is amazing. Yeah, for- and the amount of times I've heard that as the, as the sample track for we need a song like this in this commercial. <laughs> or We need a song like that in this movie. Uh, I hear that so much. Mm. <laughs> it's a big genre. But wait, so what? What? So the touring was it like a grueling? Because we spoke to Adam Duritz um, the other week, and he said he toured for a year and a half after the Counting Crows' first album. And uh, was it like a long time on the road and on a tour bus and all that stuff? You know, I, 
I did actually do some touring with Adam Duritz in Europe with the, with those guys. That's when I met Fran Drescher. I was so excited because she was in Spinal Tap. She oh, was Bobby yeah. Fleckman in Spinal <laughs> oh, Tap. The best. And I was like, Fran, you need to bring Bobby Fleckman onto the nanny. <laughs> and I want to be, I want to be her assistant. I want to be the manager's assistant. And she did. And I got to go on the nanny as Fran, as, as Bobby Fleckman's assistant. Oh, that's I genius. had trouble reaching that level of energy of a sitcom, but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did go on tour quite a bit. There was a lot of promotional touring. You know, I did, I did a certain amount of touring. When you have a radio hit, you there's a lot of opportunities to do like those kind of jingle ball and like these things where it's like multiple artists. So I did that. I did my own shows. And then I wanted to make a record. So I made my Tales record. When my Tales record came out, I did a lot of promo. But with um with Geffen Records, they wanted me in Australia for two weeks. They wanted me in Japan for two weeks, two times. They wanted me in Europe for like a month. And then I would do shows in the US. And then it was time to start making the next record. And so then I did the exact same thing again for the next record. And then things became a little VH1 behind the scenes where you're making a record and then the record company is like, where's the single? And you're like, but you just told me there was a single. And then they're dragging you on and on and on. And then you switch labels because another label wants to put out your record. And then you switch labels to another label. A lot of like label switching and stuff. So I did touring. And then little by little, I got a little older and I was like, I had a TV show on the Food Network. I... I, I just kept doing other things also. So I never, I never have settled into a lot of t-shirt tours, which is what I call them when there's like those shirts with all the, <laughs> with all the dates, dates on them. Right. I, I would like to do more touring now, but of course now I've got a 10 year old and a 13 year old. And over the last, even though I love playing concerts now, I really am in a groove. It's like three days here, four days there. I may be going out a week with each child. They said they want to go help me sell merch. So that might like jam a few more concerts into a period of time than I normally would get to do. Um, but I, I, I know I, I'm envious of some of the bands who really get to pound the pavement and just be out there forever. Oh, it but sounds I've got kids. And also yeah. I've always constantly looked at my life in, in a very full way. Like I've wanted my life to be balanced. So if I, was in a relationship, I might try to stay home a little bit more. Or when I was getting into my late thirties and I wasn't married and I didn't have kids yet, I was like, I need to focus on that more. Mm. So I sort of would try to find projects and things that weren't on the road or spend more time in New York. Like when I met my husband in my late thirties. So it, it's always this kind of balance where you're looking at your life. You hear it a lot from actors you know, where you're like, I only want to work on the Radford lot down the street, you know, get me. A, that's what I want. A recurring as the best friend on the Radford lot. That's what I want. Hello. Please. Just convenience for, for, for yeah, the, no for tech just... talk. No, like I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm just like a, that'll be 45 cents. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's what I want. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, I, I didn't do as much t-shirt tours, but I do play I do go out and play nice theaters. And, you, and It sounds like and you did it the way you wanted to, even at a young age. You knew, yeah, I mean, in keep my masters. I'm not signing with a label. I'll tour when I want to. I'll do a cooking show if I want to. I I'll, mean, act, I'll act when I want right. to. Acting, yeah. I, I was, again, I'd like to do more acting. I'd like to do more writing. I'd like to do more songwriting. I'd like to do more touring. I'd like to do lots of things, but I, I'm just trying to do my best. <laughs> oh, and have two 
and be a mom, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. That age, especially at those turning points, those moments. Have you found that? Like, even if, even when your husband's helping, it's, no offense no. to anybody. It's it's kind of it's the mom's job. It turns I, out to be I a mom's job. I was going to say no offense. It's not the same as as the mom. <laughs> Sorry, David. I know you, you. know where David those socks three. are. You know that like they're supposed to try them on, but if they don't quite fit, put them back in the package because I'm going to big five. <laughs> I, I had a friend today who I saw whose whose daughter is a, my son is a junior in high school. We have a daughter wow. who's a third year in college now. And where are you guys living now? You're we're in, in New York. We're in New York. Oh, you're in New York. Okay. Yeah. But um, and I saw a friend today who said, you know, her middle daughter was having, you know, some some stuff going on at college. And she said, so I sent her. She said, I sent Doug, her husband, uh, to go take care of that. And she said, because I, I have a junior in high school and like Doug would forget to feed her. <laughs> like I had to be the one oh, at home. For, come on, I had to girls. be the one. <laughs> it might I, not be you, David. It might not be you. How old are your kids, David? <laughs> okay, first of all, they have Postmates and Uber Eats. They barely. They even do. You should see the bills. They're coming in. Very She's like, can true. I just Postmate a, a cheese Danish from Starbucks? I'm like, no. Right. A, you can walk there, and B, <laughs> no. What? Paying the fees on on. <laughs> They have no idea, but uh, they know how to feed themselves. And uh, as a father of three, my, my oldest is 20. She's uh, at Tulane University. I have a senior uh, son in high school and a 13-year-old daughter. And you, uh, where, are you in New York also? No, we're in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. And my wife's going to Tulane this weekend for a mom's weekend for Kappa, Kappa, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I have... Uh, I have my son and my daughter, and uh, they will be fed. And you're very we'll- competent. I'm very proud of you. I mean, I knew David. I knew you when you were 17, and you were not. Oh my god! You didn't show signs of being able to do this back then. So <laughs> I, just, I take such a- pride in seeing you grow up to be a responsible young young man, husband, father. I'm very proud of you. It's very good. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of work with kids. And I think also, well, we're in the modern times and we're all trying to balance life and work. And, you know, it's just it's just a matter of taking a step back when you can. Yeah. To to take a look. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Let me ask you something. It, you, you do a lot of voiceover work, too? I do a lot I'm of voiceover work, too. How, how I want to know what the in to voiceover work is. I know Just we're doing about a, a million auditions. <laughs> I mean, my in was a long time ago as a musician, about 20 years ago. Hallmark wanted me to write to like play a song or write a I think sing a song one of their songs for a commercial and I said I would do it but I want to do the voiceover in it mm. and um so I did but it, it and I sounded like a voiceover person because I am you know like I'm a singer and I'm an actor so I could do a voiceover um and we also had a lot of speech training in high school when I was growing up where you'd have to speak clearly and and Diction you know and, and also I was also a DJ in high school and I just have a relationship with being in the studio. So it just worked well. And then from there I had an agent and I would do, I would do auditions and then I would get a Pampers commercial or not Pampers. I did Huggies and <laughs> Bounty paper towels. I was the voice of Bounty for years the until, until one day my mom said, I think I heard someone else doing your Bounty commercial. Oh, I was no. like, what? I've been replaced. No, it was like, it was like she had seen my husband with another woman or something i was like what <laughs> and i and i heard it i was like oh. and then it turns out they don't tell you when they give the campaign to someone else 
Um, but then when I, but then that being said, when I got the bounty commercial in the first place, my, my younger brother is a post-production audio engineer and studio owner in New York city. And he said, yeah, well, when you got that job, you took it away from my friend so-and-so that I've been working with for years on it. So, but anyway, I just, I have a million auditions and, and I just, because you, you have know, such a, your voice, I mean, it's, it's in your, it's in your music as well. It's just such a, I feel like you could just wrap yourself in Lisa Lohm <laughs> and listening, just hearing you talk. It's just, you have this, and, and I didn't even, I just assumed because when you talked about acting, I assumed as voiceover had to be the minute I was hearing your voice. And now it's I'm, a fun job too, right? Like all it's I, want to do. Best, so I did that and then agent, agent and auditioning. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and it does happen too often where, you know, I'll be at a, like a premiere for something, um, especially kids, kids movies and stuff like that we go see with my kids mm-hmm. um and i'll you know meet the writer or the director or somebody and and i'll say i loved it you know if you ever need another voice and they're like oh you do voice acting i'm like hasn't my agent called you like seven million times to like bug you every time i call them and say i really want to be in a movie i'll be like a little mouse in a box Again, like the recurring, I'll be like a little mouse in a box in the corner, but I want to be in like the, the big screen yeah. things, you know, That's and the dream. sometimes people just don't know. So you have to just put it, if it's something yeah. you want to do, you put it out there. Yes. I, well, I think this is me putting it out there. I put, put it out I, there. Cause there sounds, it's like, there's nothing more fun. Plus you people don't... love you guys. So there are a lot more opportunities, which I wish I could well, get more to, um, you know, where it's like, they, it's like you know, cameo casting, casting, stunt casting, but some of those are very fun too. Those would be fun. But I think the, the, it's the audition. It's the, it's the figuring out the technique of that audition. Cause when you get the, the sort of breakdown of what you should, there's like, go into a closet, the most soundproof place you have, put a coat over your head yeah. and just read each line. Like you don't, as you don't actor, even have to shower or wear pants. No, of course. Nothing. Although now uh, you have to put makeup on when you go into the studio, if they have you in the studio, because they also have to have the behind the scenes. There has to be some behind I, the scenes. I, one of my best friends, um, I, Christine, do you remember my friend Jason? Of course. Jason yes. Hollinger. Yes. He's, he's literally one of the biggest voiceover guys. And he lives on the Upper East Side. He turned his master bedroom closet into this like state-of-the-art studio. State-of-the-art. Uh, <laughs> no, but he... Not only auditions, but he does these campaigns right from his closet. Yeah, it's I do incredible. them from this desk. Incredible. Yeah, it's I'm like, the, are you it, sure? I do a daily radio show from this room. I'm like, are you sure it sounds okay? They're like, it's great. It sounds it great. It sounds so good. I'm like, but I don't have like the, like I have friends, yeah, who've got the whole thing set up with the. Yes. The I wanted yes. to do something. This is a great idea. Closet in your house, even in New York City, get like a piece of cloth with a triangular top where when you open the door. The cloth is hanging down on both sides and over your head. And then you have a rolling cart that you put your little setup. Because then you've got your protection, you've got right? Your, and you can even do one that goes around the back. Like, like a, a little tent. Cart. Like a yeah, tent little tent. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, hanging from a door. <laughs> you should patent that idea right now. I do. I also have this raincoat idea. I was on a hike with the Boy Scouts the other day with my son and everybody was wearing these rain jackets and it was really raining hard, but they only went down to their waist. And I was like, why don't they have like the, the weird zipper pants, you know, with like the zipper shorts? Why don't they have the zipper rest of the jacket so that you're like wearing a tent basically, (laughs) you know, like the long piece at the bottom that like, why don't they have that? I think you're giving away your ideas into the public these way right now please <laughs> if, if anybody hears gems. this and they can be my business partner on these you can have a good portion of the 
Lisa, this okay. is something, tell me if I'm crazy or if I'm remembering this wrong. And it's a very off topic moment that I believe is when I met you. Did we shoot dodgeball in your house? Did we shoot? I was going to mention this. You yes. didn't shoot it in my house, but you shot it on my street, like yes. a few doors down okay. on Chiquita That's, Street. Yes, it was on you that shot street. shot it on Chiquita Street and it was in the house. I believe it was in the house of Dweezil Zappa's family's driver's son. Okay. I'm his family, to, yes. Dweezil Zappa, his family had a driver who used to drive all the rock stars or some of them. I remember he had stories. He would be, he was Keith Moon's driver from the, from the oh, who. Ooh. And he was a British guy. And I think his family owned that house. Yes, because I- And it I, looked I, a lot like my house. Okay. And it was, I Yes. I and I was like, oh my gosh, we should go over there. We should say hi. Well, should we say hi? Should we not say hi? Let's go yeah. say hi. Well, I kind of worked with Ben Stiller that one time. I wonder if he'll remember me. Should I go over there? Yeah. Let's go over there. That's and we memory. did. We went over there. I, yes. I, I remember the lights. It was maybe a night shoot. It was an all night shoot in Studio City, David. Yes. Like near the Chiquita Radford Street. lot. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I remember yes, that was when ball. I met you. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, so I'm so glad so that I, I'm clocked that in the right way because I thought I could really botch this story and there could be no truth to it whatsoever. <laughs> the way no, I've I was going to mention that. Great. I am so happy because that is my, that's when I, I feel like we met. And then I, I remember Ben, that was when, that was when he told the whole story. Um, but that's so fun. Oh, wow. Me and too. And now we can say like every once in a while, it's happened to me where I've met people that I really admire. And then in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm friends with them. I'm friends with that person. <laughs> and then I, I, one or two times, one in particular I'm thinking of who I'm not going to say their name. I met them again and they're like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so nice to meet you. And I was like, gulp. I was oh. like, I thought, I kind of thought I was friendly with that person. So, so now there's a deal, you know, we have to make a deal like, okay, now, yes. We like, oh, no. oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are friends. Yeah, we know each other. Oh yeah. We're friends. Yeah, we, I did her podcast. I did their podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're friendly. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. This, this will be friends for this sure. This is like now we're friends. Okay. Yes, for sure. No, I think we've all probably had one of those stories that of not to name names because I've had one as well. Where <laughs> what if it was the same person? Oh, it could be. Well, we'll talk after about it because I still get like uncomfortable when I hear the person's name. I have like few, like smoke yes. comes out of my ears yes. thinking, oh. Lisa, um, you host the show on Sirius XM about 90s music? I do. I'm on this channel 90s on 9, which is channel 9 on Sirius yep, XM. Yep, I know it. I have a show, a daily show, and I am learning more and more about 90s music than I than I even ever knew because during the 90s, I did know some bands like I don't know. Like yeah, there were some bands I definitely knew, but a lot of music I did not know at all. I was not into a lot of commercial music when I became a commercial musician in the 90s. I knew a lot of songs from the 70s, like soft pop or 80s new wave or alternative music. But there was a lot of music I never actually knew very well. Mm-hmm. So it was a great time for female artists, though. I mean, I love oh, it was your huge. music. Yeah. Alanis, mm-hmm. the Indigo Girls. uh, I mean, the whole Lilith Fair tour. I mean, uh, there was a Tracy Chapman, right? There were so many Tracy, amazing yeah. singer, mm-hmm. female singer-songwriters in the 90s. Yes. I actually, um, I think about that a lot. I, it, You know, it's it's kind of like in New York City, there are places that are tourist spots, like John's Pizzeria, but it's actually really good. There's a reason that it's a tourist spot, because it <laughs> is really good. Um, I feel like that's like the Sarah McLaughlin story. It's such a, like a uh, classic right 
almost cliched story, but it's real and it's for a reason. Like Sarah McLaughlin put together Lilith Fair and, and she called me up like a year beforehand and she was doing some test concerts to see if this concept would work. Cause a lot of us were hearing, Oh, we can only play one woman on the radio at a time. You know, Oh, we're already playing Sheryl Crow. We can't, they can't play a record. They're playing Sheryl Crow. And you're like, Oh, and, and Sarah McLaughlin was like, I don't know what her exact words were, but you know, something like that's enough. So anyway, she, she put together a couple of test concerts. And at first I didn't want to do it because the idea of doing an all women's concert, I, I went to all girls school for, for 11 years growing up in Dallas, Texas. And I didn't like being separated out as a woman. You know, you mm. play good guitar for a girl or I, yeah, I just didn't like that. So when I thought a woman's concert, that's so separate that mm-hmm. I don't want to. And yet she said, it's going to be me. I think, I feel like it was like, I may be combining a couple concerts, but it was like me, Paula Cole, Amy Mann, um, maybe Emmy Lou Harris or, or Patti Smith, uh, a couple of other people, I thought, well, I want to play that concert. That sounds really right. cool. And so I did. And it was it was great. And it did actually have a different tone with all the women lead singers or heads of their band, um, front people. And so then with the when the Lilith Fair started, it really was a huge deal. Like it did bring women together in the the audiences were great. There were a lot of men too, but but audiences were great. It had a different tone than a lot of the big festivals had backstage like we were all getting to know each other a little bit better you don't get to do that with musicians period unless you're opening for them or they're opening for you like you don't sit around backstage with sean colvin and the indigo girls and sarah mclaughlin and 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 emmylou harris and bonnie Raitt. like learning the songs to closer to find you know like you don't that's not real life but that was actually happening and it was, and as the years went on, it was neat too, because it got more, I felt like there was more diversity and inclusivity. I think it would have gone, continue to go in that direction had the festival continued, but it was just a really special, special time. And it, and it really did make a big impact on women and women musicians being able yeah. to, you know, be out it there. Was, be it was ahead of its time. I mean, I think oh, that totally. would, right. I mean, can you imagine a uh, Lilith Fair today? It'd be massive. Yeah, it's almost now it would have to be more like tonal, tonal, because it was just the feeling like I've been to a couple of big festivals. Um, I've been to a fish festival, the band Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's a big fish head. Um, <laughs> I've been to Outside Lands that had a real variety of music. I've been to a couple of festivals and situations. But this, I don't know if it would be all women anymore, but maybe it would be, you know, non-binary i don't know it has like a, a certain feel that you would want to capture in well, i'll the, tell you in the, the artists that, that i've seen lately are not only our generation but like a generation ahead of us you know i saw um stevie nicks at the ohana oh, yeah. festival um uh I, we saw roger waters we saw elton john and these are the people that are playing their hearts out in a way that not to put down new new musicians but i it's like it's like a dying breed. Like I, they, it, you got to see these people now, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I saw, I've, I've seen, I loved seeing Elton John. I, I saw him back in the seventies when I was a kid, my wow. mom spent the night out for tickets. That was the last time we ever did that. She met scalpers after that. <laughs> and we realized other than spending the night out to get tickets to see the police. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I feel like that was an interesting time too, where marketing and good music crossed 
paths. You know, the same with film. You know, you had these great, huge movies that were actually really good mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. But I, there is a lot of music out there that's really, really good that you just don't always hear about. There's so much out there. I, I worked with an artist recently. I'm not going to mention their name because A, my mind is blanking and B, because <laughs> I, I don't want to say they're not super successful, but they're playing big theaters all the time. I had never heard of them before. They're, they're like amazing live performers. I think there's, there's a lot out there that we just don't even know about. And yes, there is a lot of, you know, uh, quick stuff that the people are just trying to get famous or I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how much longevity it has. I don't know if that's even their goal. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I played your song for my 13 year old uh, daughter. I was telling Christine, we were in the car and, uh, we were uh, she was really into the song and I was about to start saying, you know, the boyfriend sounds kind of like a jerk, kind of like condescending, at least, you know, telling you you talk too much and you're naive and, you know, whatever the boyfriend in stay, you know, how derogatory yeah. he might have been. It's it's <laughs> nothing compared to what the the misogyny that's going on in, in some of these songs right now. Well, there's a lot of expression in different ways. My kids listen to a, a variety of things that there can be really unusual songs that become very, very popular or accessible to kids. There's so much music out there. There's so much music out there. Um, do either of your kids, ha- are they musical? They are love they- music. They love music. They, again, I asked, although I asked my son this morning, I'm like, you haven't been playing me music lately because he used to love all these different songs and Lil Nas X and like, you know, we have to listen to 21 Pilots and all these people. And lately, he's like, well, whatever you guys are listening to. I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, mm-hmm. I listen to Smartless and I listen to NPR. Um, my daughter has a lot of music she listens to. She knows a lot about a lot of music. So they love music. I wish they would play music. Maybe one day they will. I don't there's, know. There's an artist that we're very close with named Jax. And do you know her? Victoria's Secret song and um, 90s oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kid. Uh, she was my daughter's babysitter. And during oh, uh, the pandemic, she um, uh, started making TikTok videos. She, my, she would babysit and she and my daughter would do TikTok. She started writing some jingles on TikTok. Then all of a sudden she was on the Ellen show. And my wife was like, what is Jax doing on Ellen? And uh, <laughs> she got signed to Atlantic. And she's such she's an amazingly talented singer songwriter, badass young woman business mind. And she's like a sister to our daughter, um, Chelsea. And she brought Chelsea on tour with her on the Jingle Ball tour. And during Victoria, she wrote Victoria's Secret for Chelsea for something she was going through and brought her on stage. I mean, Christine was there, um, you know, in Miami, New York, L.A., but check Jax out because she she reminds me of uh, you uh, at, you know, at that time in your life. She's just doing it her own way and writing and, and doing it herself. I love that. I'm, I just I'm looking at her picture right now. I pulled it up so I could I, I've, I've heard a couple of the songs, but now I'll have to check it out further. She's amazing. And that's the main thing, too. I mean, like I, I know for sure with me from the 90s, like I, I'm on the 90s radio station. I'm I'm still like and today I'm like the '90s and today I do make a record like every couple of years. Um, I made one that came out right before COVID that I'm really really connected with, and it's great when I'm on the road because I do have fans who who know my music. You know, not 
But that being said, I also definitely have people who know that one song or those two songs. Like I had a handful of songs on the radio. I appreciate, I love that people have a connection to me at all, but it's really cool when people share the new music, the new stuff there, you know, I think I'm the same with certain artists. I think of Colin Hay a lot from the band Men at Work. Oh, He's great. sort of more from that. You think of him from the 80s, but he had a huge song from the movie Garden State that Zach Braff made. Mm -hmm. But he's he's just so currently now, or Amy Mann, who, you know, she had a hit in the 80s with hits in the 80s with Till Tuesday, and she's still making music all the time. It's great to listen to. So it's fun when when people share like the current things all the things yeah and you've done it i mean you're the way you have and also i love you know and and we're gonna let you go and we've taken up so much of your time but the way you shared earlier about at at, at certain moments in your life that you leaned further into what you needed at that period of time and i imagine that with the music it's the same thing i imagine what you're where you're at now with your family and and as a mom like the music is inspired in, in in a different way than it was in the 20s and i right. when you were in your 20s but i feel like you have like you said 30 years like this is longevity i mean i feel like it's not easy to do it's not easy to sustain to reinvent yourself that way to and also to do it on your terms and and what and and do everything else on top of that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't think about it as much, except for when I'm talking to my mom. She's like, well, you sound busy. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it just, you know, you just way. always have one more thing to make. You know, you're like, oh, but we could also do this, you know. Well, it's been incredible, uh, you know, to, to follow you over the years and reconnect with you after the dodgeball shoot, because now it's a solidified friendship. Um, and it's just been such a pleasure talking to you like this. Thank was you. So we so appreciate it. And um, and thanks for everything. I'm going to listen to your show on um, Sirius XM. The 90s. You can. Show. Oh, yes. I forgot. There's also a thing on it that I'm more proud of called Where They Are Now. It's a feature where I talk to people who you may know from the 90s, but who are still doing things now. So I've interviewed Weird Al and I've interviewed um, Paula Abdul and Lacey Chabert and um, <clears throat> just people from a d a different fields uh, who, who, again, like you knew them from a certain era, but they're still doing it today. And it's yeah. because I was interviewed for an Oprah Winfrey special on one of her channels at one point. And uh, it was like me and a, a celebrity chef and somebody else. And they came to our homes and they lit it and they shot it and they interviewed us. She wasn't there, of course. But the show <laughs> was called Where Are They Now? And I was like, Oh, really? That does sound like Spinal Tap. You know, like we're all sitting around the radio listening to our song. We're like, oh, we're on the radio. And then it's like from the where they are now files. You're like, but we're on tour right now promoting a new album. So I wanted to create something that was a, a spin on that. That was where they are now. Because it respects the fact that, yeah, you may know somebody at first from a certain era, but there's a, a big space for people to understand and hear about what they're doing now. And it's on Sirius Agreed. XM as well? Yeah, it's on the app. You can hear the full-length interviews if you Where search Lisa Loeb. And it's also, um, you'll you'll find the segments on the live show when you, you know, here and there, depending on whether we have an interview up that week. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Where Your they music, are now. Where they are now. Your music yeah. has brought us a lot of joy. So thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, thank you so, so much, much, you guys. This was such a treat. Thank you. 
Wow. How's, how down to earth is she, right? Like She's terrific. She really is. She's so talented and multi-talented, by the way, too, because we didn't even really get to, to talk about the acting, but she really and she's, I think, you know, undersells it, too. But like little parts here, cameos there. But even if you go back and watch that video, she is she's very talented. And it I mean, sounds she like had she was the, the number the one song on Billboard. Yeah. You know, how many people can say that in, you know, in 94 or 95, whatever. I mean, she was in the middle of complete rock stardom or pop stardom. Yeah. It, it, during uh, a very competitive time. Like, you're right. You know, there were huge artists then and she just took off um, and really, like you said, did it on her own terms in a way that very different than what we heard from Adam Duritz, you know, when when things took off right. for them. And I know they're, you know, diff different you know, genres, so to speak, but I feel like in different people, but um, the way she sort of, uh, you know, was very calculated about how, what, knowing what she wanted to do and how she wanted to do it. And yeah, as a 26 really year old girl too, yeah. you know, she's a young girl who just was like, I'm not signing with a label. I'm keeping my masters. I yeah. will tour when I want to tour. And I, I don't know. I, I, I loved her. Yeah, it was great. Really, really great. Um, Another good guest. Great show. Yes. Great show. Great show. So we'll um we'll see I'll see you next week. We will hopefully come back and join us next week. Um we yeah. won't we won't tell you who our guest is because we're just keeping it a secret for Oh, it's a really <laughs> good one. <laughs> good I got one. I'm dying to say it. But thank I like, you everyone. Yes, I like letting there be a little yeah. surprise here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm dying to say it, but let's uh, thank everyone for listening. We really appreciate your joining us and hope you enjoy the show. And uh, Christine, have a great rest of the week. You too, love. Okay. See everyone right. soon. Talk to you bye soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDude90sCalled. See you next time. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.